Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. My name is Kerry Zarb and I've been helping business owners just like you go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat for over 20 years. I'll be giving you all the top advice for getting started in your business, but I'll also be speaking with some of the best business minds to inspire you with valuable insights to help you get ahead in your business. If you've ever hit a roadblock or lost your passion, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Biz Nation podcast. I'm Kerry, and this is episode 39. On today's episode, we have a super guest lined up, Tracy Bissett from Bissett Financial Fitness across the globe in Toronto, Canada. Tracy has over 20 years of business experience, particularly in finance, and has joined us to bring her expertise for talking about our business finances, cash flow, and also not forgetting the business pricing. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you so much, Carrie. I'm really delighted to be here. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today. And I want to get started with if you could tell us for the listeners a little bit more about you and what you do. Absolutely. So um, one thing that's super important to know about me is I have loved money ever since I was a little kid. Uh, From like six, seven years old, I realized very quickly the power that money held. Uh, So I've always been trying to use it as a tool in my life. And and certainly when I was seven years old, I wasn't thinking about it quite like that. But I realized that if you could have access to money and you could make it, you could do a lot of things. And it was more about what I would get versus kind of hoarding the money. Uh, So I had a long career in banking. Banking, where I supported directly um, entrepreneurs and different small businesses across all different industries all across the country in Canada. I helped them directly get access to financing and then certainly um, worked on and approved loans for those same companies. After uh, 15 years and and leaving as an executive with them, I started my own business where I really um, took all the things that I love to do and made them into a company. So I do financial education and and coaching for young adults and entrepreneurs, and it's really fun. Awesome. The power of finances. Love it. I think we're quite succinct like that. Money and and finances is where my business career began. And yeah, it's certainly a space I love to to talk about. So we're going to go through some great things in this episode. I'm super excited. And my first question for you, Tracy, is where do we place our attention in our finances? And so what I typically see is kind of there's the the entrepreneurs who do pay attention to the numbers. And then there's kind of two camps of other entrepreneurs. There are those who completely delegate it to their bookkeeper or their accountant, and they think that's that's great. Or they've just got their head kind of in the sand and not paying attention to that at all. And so neither of those is very good. uh, Because if you set goals for your business, um, the financial piece of it is extremely important. And there's no way you're going to be able to hit those goals without knowing the numbers. And so I really encourage entrepreneurs to take that step to get through that discomfort. Sometimes it's a a fear of being good with numbers. Sometimes they think it's just too complicated. Um, Sometimes it's anxiety, depending on the situation they grew up in their own household around money. Could be a whole bunch of reasons. Um, And sometimes it's really, I don't know where to start. I don't even know the first question I would ever ask. So I'm not going to open my mouth because I'm going to seem kind of silly or not very smart. And so 
building the confidence early on so that the first steps can be taken. And then entrepreneurs quickly see, you know, I don't need to know all the answers and I can keep asking questions. I can keep building on my knowledge. So I highly recommend that as the owner of the business, if you're the, if you've got partners in the business, everybody be knowledgeable about the numbers, use those financial results um, to drive you towards your goals, use the numbers when you're making decisions and really use the cash flow and access to, um, financing to help be the tool that helps you do that. So you've got a kind of a vehicle to help move your business forward. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And I see it as well. Um, a lot of the time clients just, they just don't have any understanding. It's, it's so common. And there's that huge element of fear for the finances, you know, when you don't understand it. And a lot of um, small business owners, they hop into this space where they think it's so much worse. Like it's, it's, a, you know, they don't understand it. They don't know where they, where they sit. So avoidance becomes um, pretty common as, as well. Yeah. And absolutely. I always encourage people to look at the actual numbers because the, the um, enlarging the story in your mind just makes it worse. It makes it scarier. And then once we can quantify it, we can start problem solving. Um, but it just gets out of control when it's in your mind and it's not quantified. Yeah, exactly. And how do we keep ourselves accountable in our finances? Well, I think it's certainly important, just like you spend time dedicated to marketing, dedicated to sales, to client delivery, depending on what you're doing. I think it's very important, at least once a month, you're spending time dedicated to the, the financial results. I don't think as a business owner, you need to be the one doing the bookkeeping. You can certainly outsource the bookkeeping and then you're looking at the numbers. Okay, what are they saying? How can I now take action to reverse some trends? So on a minimum monthly, we're looking at them. Uh, ideally, it's weekly and, and maybe it's a half an hour. And so to that and to help your audience, because I know there's probably people listening right now and watching who are thinking, you know, okay, but I don't know where to start. So I've got a gift, which is a money meeting agenda and, uh, viewers and listeners can download it at cashcoach.biz. It's a money meeting agenda. You can get started right after you finish watching or listening. And you'll your first meeting might be just looking at the items on the money meeting agenda and making sense of it. The next time when you schedule that time in your calendar, and it should be the right same dedicated time, maybe it's looking at your bank accounts. Maybe it's asking questions of your bookkeeper, asking questions of your accountant. Um, no question is too small. So if uh, you head over to cashcoach.biz, you can download that now. Awesome. Thank you, Tracy. Appreciate that. And the next topic I want to talk to you about is pricing our products and services. This is a, a massive topic in itself, but just give us an overview. What are your thoughts in this space? Absolutely. And so I would say uh, of the clients that I work with, and I typically uh, work in a group program or coach one-on-one -on -one with um, entrepreneurs who have businesses with sales from say 100,000 to um, one to two million, uh, very consistently across all industries. It doesn't really matter which industry it is. I would say 85% of those that I work with are not charging correctly for their their product or their service. And so that how that typically shows up is they're not able to get a steady paycheck. There's not enough cash flow when it's uh, time to pay the employees, people are scrambling, how am I going to get enough cash together? Maybe they haven't also been able to live up to commitments that they've made to their family, whether it's that vacation, um, other promises that were made. And so when we start digging into the numbers, we quickly can see um, 
how much does it cost to deliver this product or service? And um, what is your client paying and, and kind of what's left over? And so we t- think about two different costs when we're thinking about it, the, the things you have to pay because you delivered the product or service and then the overhead, things like your internet, your insurance, if you have a physical location, your rent, things you've got to pay whether you sell something or not. And so that stuff's typically not covered. And often I hear, well, if I just sell more, it's going to work out. <laughs> and so that that does work out in, in few instances, something where you're doing a mass production, if you've got a physical product. Um, but for people who are providing professional type services uh, where it's your time, um, they're not really thinking about their own time. Uh, so kind of a couple tricks around it. Um, best practice would be if you can't jot down all the costs that go into your, your product or service on a piece of paper, you're probably overthinking it. So we should mm-hmm. be able to get there with a pen and paper and just quickly jot those down. What am I charging? Um, what are the costs and kind of what's left for overhead and, and left for profit? Um, the other thing too is as a service provider, you want to make sure you're thinking about including your own time. Um, because if you do have plans to grow your business, you're going to have to pay somebody else to do it. And they're not going to do it for free or maybe the $5 an hour that your rate works out to be. And so we, we want to figure out before we start our business, what should we be charging? And then we need to validate it with the market because we need to see, does somebody want what we're selling? Are they willing to pay X amount? Do they see the value in the same way that we do? And so highly encourage using a business plan to get started. So when we do a little bit of testing, if people aren't willing to pay, have we chosen the right target market? Maybe we need to pick somebody else. And so that could be one solution. Um, Maybe we need to articulate the value a little bit differently. Maybe people aren't understanding that what we actually have is better than what else is on the market. And so standing behind that and what comes up a lot with that is feelings of um, negativity around people's self-worth and any kind of negative emotion that's ever come up really around money, like how dare I charge that? Who's going to pay that? All that starts creeping up while we're trying to work on the numbers. So it can be a very uh, complex issue. So if we just keep calm, start with the basics, make sure we're making money on and everything that we're selling, um, then we can grow our business from there. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Can't agree more. And I think you touched on it already about the insecurities that we have. And it's so common. It's not, you know, I think a lot of people kind of question, oh, why am I doubting myself? But it's it's normal. It's actually quite normal to go through that process. Some of us go through it, you know, before we set our pricing and, and that can impact our mind in, in setting our pricing. And others, it actually surfaces down the track, you know, if a client challenges you about your price it can can bring those insecurities in so what's a what's a little tip from you Tracy for you know working through those insecurities well I think anytime you're you're recognizing some emotions around money that you're not enjoying or not being productive I think you want to pause, observe what's happening, and kind of think back to to your childhood. What was the situation that was going on? We form our views around money when we're five, six, seven years old, and we probably didn't really know what money was. I told you I loved money when I was that young, but I didn't really know what it was. I just knew what it could get me. So if there was yelling, there was stress, there was crying in your household, you've probably got some feelings around birth all kind of wrapped up into money. Um, So a couple things that can help very uh, tangibly, because I don't think this is something you just will away. Um, Certainly practicing gratitude is one of those things that helps us move through. I woke up today, I have food to eat, I can have a shower, I have clothes, I have a home to work from home in, all of those kinds of things, because then we start focusing on the positive. 
when we focus on our client and what we are able to deliver to them and how we are able to help them, it stops being about us. That is another one that's very important. Um, the other thing, and you've probably heard this before, Carrie, but we're, we're the product of the five people we spend the most amount of time with. Oh, so yes. if we're spend, spending time with people who are feeling exactly the same way we are, no wonder we feel this way. And so if we can start spending time with people who are thinking of things from a, a, a more grateful perspective, who have a more positive outlook, who know how to articulate their value and their worth. We're not trying to gouge clients. We just want to be paid fairly um, for what we are offering and to make sure that we can then provide for ourselves and our families and whoever else. And um, comes up quite a bit with women, I, I must say, um, because it's just something kind of programmed in there, I think, for the most part. And I highly encourage any business owner to make as much money as you can. And not because I think that we need to be amassing large pools of, of money just for the sake of doing that. But when we start being profitable on a bigger size, because uh, I will often hear, well, I just want to have a small business, mm -hmm. a little, little business, and I want to make a little bit of money and I want to be able to work around my kids' schedules. And, and that's fine. But if you make a little bit more money, then you can actually hire someone in your community or somewhere else virtually to help you. You can actually free up some of your time. You can choose to give away some of your products or services pro bono so that other people can benefit from it who may not be able to afford it. You can volunteer your time. Uh, you can actually make donations to organizations you're really um, passionate about. So I think there's a lot of incentive to make more money because then you can actually share that with others uh, in whatever way that you choose to do that. So. Yeah, one. Stand, stand firm and, and be proud of what you offer and, and do that homework. Know that know if your price is off base. So then you're standing from a position of knowing what the competitors are doing. And if, if it does cost more, why does it cost more? Yeah, I agree with that as well, because one of the things that I've learned over uh, pretty much 2020 was it's your years of experience when it comes to the service-based business as well. And taking that pain point away from the other, like particularly in service-based businesses, B2B, if you're offering a service to another business, you're, you're bringing such value to the table for them and taking those pain points away from them. So yeah, just something else to, to consider about your service-based prices there. So yeah. Yeah, it's not really about it takes me 10 minutes to do it. It mm. takes me 10 minutes to do it because I have 20 years experience or five years, whatever it may be. And so really getting comfortable and and sometimes as an exercise, you might need to go through an outline. Why are you credible? Yes. What are all the, 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 whether it's certifications, whether it's hands-on experience so that you can feel comfortable and then you can articulate those kinds of things easily without having to, to kind of stammer and think through them. You can feel good about all, all that you've accomplished thus far and what you're bringing to the market. Yeah, agreed. You're listening to the Biz Nation podcast. I would love to connect with you outside of the podcast and you can find me on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn by searching my name, Kerry Zarb, or directly on my website under, you guessed it, kerryzarb.club. And don't forget, if you need more support in your business, you can also find me on Facebook under Micro and Small Business Support Group. And something else I want to touch on with you is not, we, we, I want to dive into when you're not getting paid by a client, how that can affect your cash flow. 
So I see that um, very often as small businesses, we um, may not have access to credit, uh, which is is important and, and we may touch on that as well. But when somebody's not paying you and you've already delivered your, your product or service, um, you're not able to probably meet your obligations. Um, I want people to think of when you have money tied up either in accounts receivable, which is that what that is when someone's paying you after the fact, or you have money tied up in product, that's like an investment. It's like we took our money and we put it in a bag on the floor or somewhere else and we can't use it right now. And so growth is super hungry. So growth comes typically with, with a lot of that. And, and so then we need to, to frame the discussion, number one, with the client, and we need to think about the processes in our business. Do we just send the invoice and hope people pay? Is that our process? Uh, if we are allowing people to pay us later, we do need to have a follow-up mechanism. Maybe the first time it's an email reminder, the next time it's a phone call, the third time, what else are we going to be doing? And having an actual process that we follow consistently. Maybe there's a charge if people are over a certain amount late. And it's really going to depend on how late the payers are going to be based on the size of the clients you have. If you have another small business owner, probably paying a little bit faster than if you're dealing with some large corporate client who has to get through their whole um, accounts payable system and maybe it's in 45, 60, 70 days. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. And then it's how do we broach that conversation? And I do have a lot of conversations with clients because they'll they'll tell me how they'll say to the, the client, you know, hey, just do me a favor. Uh, can you just pay the invoice? I can't make payroll. And that's how they're having that conversation with the client. But that's that's true. And that is their predicament and they're having trouble making payroll. But the actual conversation goes more like, hey, Carrie, I'm so glad that we I was able to help you. Um, I know that you're happy with the service or the product that we gave you. Um, can we make arrangements today for you to pay that invoice? Yep. We, we made an agreement. I've delivered on my side. Really want to see what we can do so that I can get the funds in because uh, I've done my part. So it's more about keeping it very focused on the transaction, less about your insecurities, your shortcomings, things that might be happening to you uh, as the business owner. And a lot of times we take that and we project it out onto people who it's none of their business. And the actual issue is they haven't paid you. Yeah, keeping nope. it keeping it more professional rather than emotional and and in times of you know expressing those times of desperation is is pretty important yeah and i would say that um you're going to have some some learnings as you deal with different types of clients uh so depending on your industry there's different um rules that kind of abide by it if we're in kind of an event planning um nobody would expect to plan an event without putting like a 50% deposit down and then 50% on the day of the event. Um, can we in our business maybe take some upfront payment? If we're doing some kind of long, longer project, even from a service standpoint, can we take milestone payments? Um, can we figure out a way that's going to work? If, because we're, if we're going to have to especially pay our employees as well throughout that time, uh, we need to manage that, which brings me to the kind of the final piece is um, I often see business owners shy away from getting access to credit to credit and I think that as soon as you establish your business whether you're incorporated or not if you're operating under your own name you should be setting up credit in the company name so that as you grow your credit can grow with you and that financial institution actually can start tracking the the credit history of the of the company and so at first you might be borrowing on the basis of your own personal credit reputation but as your company grows that reputation will grow with it and so don't expect to go to the bank on the day you need the money and try to get that money start right away build up relationships 
have access to things, even if you're not using them right away, so that when there's a day you do need it, you've got it ready. Yeah, and just for the listeners here in Australia, um, just to explain that and dive in a little bit deeper. So it's very common here to have um, two particular types of entities. We have sole traders and we have companies. Uh, A lot of sole traders uh, begin their journey in business just under their own name, Mm -hmm. and then they progress um, often into a a company structure. So to explain that and what that means for, for the listeners is, if you're a sole trader, you are getting credit under your name. It could be as simple as as your telephone bill and paying your telephone bill on time. Um, If you actually purchase a vehicle or any kind of get any kind of finance for the business again if that's as a sole trader it's under your personal name when you grow into a company it's very easy to fall into the trap of actually still using your personal name and your credit rating and and your credit history to get that equipment on finance or something like that so it's really important if you do make the move from a sole trader into a company structure that you start using that company name to get that finance like you said Tracy, to, to grow that history um, within your business. Mm-hmm. So that your credit can grow as, as your business grows and that you're going to have, you want to be a step ahead of the needs you're going to have. So that if you do have a time where there's this uh, mismatch in cash flow, you've got more to pay out than you have coming in at the exact moment, you have another source to be able to pay that. Um, if not, you're probably trying to scrounge around and find some personal sources that you can put in, or you're making those kind of frenzied calls to people who haven't paid their bills and, and trying to collect some of that. Yeah, and I'm not sure what it's called over here, but in in Australia we have um, through the banks and business um, kind of accounts and stuff. It's called an overdraft. Sometimes mm-hmm. people take out an overdraft just to you know access some cash just to get them through. Sometimes it's commonly used, particularly over Christmas, which we've just had, so that you can keep paying your employees while you wait for your you know your um, clients to actually pay you after the Christmas break. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Tracy, I can just imagine the amount of wisdom that is inside your brain. What (laughs) else would you like to share with the listeners today? Well, I'd love to share um, one of the things I see business owners doing well and right that they don't give themselves enough credit for, because I think it's important that we start from the positive. Um, You outline the name of my company is Bissett Financial Fitness. I like to come at it from this positive angle. Financial literacy is so negative and it already puts um, illiteracy concerns on us. It has that um, ability to affect our our self-worth and how we feel about ourselves. So if we're starting wherever we are, we're making forward movement into um, financial fitness. Um, If you've been in business for any length of time greater than three months, I can tell you that you know how to manage cash flow because you're surviving, you're existing. You may not do it well. You may not talk about it the way that we've been talking about it. You might not uh, do it very efficiently, but the mere fact that you are still in business means that you do know how to manage cash flow, and you should give yourself a pat on the back and take that as a positive. That's your foundation to build on. Um, So always remember that, Um, especially people who they tell me they've been in business five, 10 years. Well, you know how to do it. Maybe you want to refine your skills and you want to do it a little bit more uh, deliberately. You've been doing it. So so let's focus on the positive and build from there. Mm, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I, lo- I really like it. That's that's 100%. And, and same here for the businesses in Australia. It's it's the same message. There's there's really no difference um, no matter where, where you are in the world. So, Tracy, where can we find you? 
the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, so Tracy has an EY and Bisid has two S's, two T's. I'd love to hear from anybody um, listening or watching uh, any questions, comments, or uh, even just things you found interesting. So feel free to connect with me there. Uh, if you do go and download that money meeting agenda at cashcoach.biz, it will direct you to my website after. So you'll be all set. Perfect. Any other social handles that we need to be aware of? Uh, you'll be able to see them all on my website or on, on LinkedIn. So you'll be all set. And uh, final piece of advice is to be kind to yourself as a business owner. You're on a financial fitness journey. We can only learn so much at, at every day. Uh, so keep moving forward on your, on your journey. If you have a misstep, don't beat yourself up. Be kind to yourself and keep moving forward because it's, it's a lifelong journey for everybody. Lovely. Thank you, Tracy. I'll be popping links into the show notes for the listeners. And thanks so much for joining us today and being on the show. Um, I'm sure that we'll be back in touch really soon. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Carrie. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. It was lovely to share this episode with you. Remember to subscribe to catch all future episodes and I'd also very much love it if you'd leave me a rating or a review. Until next time, remember that you can also go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat.